welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium-ish. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we talk all things paranormal, go on the occasional investigation, and receive messages from spirit and our spirit guides along the way. This is Ghosties. <laughs> Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. <laughs> How's your day been? Good. Is it storming over there? Yeah. Mm. It's very interesting weather yeah. we have going on outside. I know. Very, yeah. very mood appropriate. So how many things have you tried to put against your third eye as a magnet tonight (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see i've gotten coins uh, a pair of tweezers a bobby pin uh a pin that had like a metal like clip on the side of it so what has happened is that this morning on a tiktok scroll i saw this girl and she put things to her forehead and talking about how your third your third eye is like a magnet for things and if you try to put these things on other parts of your body it's not gonna like stay but when you put it on you can actually almost feel like a pull Mm -hmm. I don't know it's the creepiest thing and I was like there is no way and I did it and it fell off the first time and then I did it the second time you don't even have to press it on there like you're not you know pushing it on so it will stick to your forehead it just stays there yeah it's wild yeah yeah I was totally like in disbelief I was fully prepared for it to not actually work Mike said it's because my forehead slanted (laughs) 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 so there you go well what's my excuse (laughs) (laughs) we all have slanted foreheads apparently First time I've ever heard somebody say that their forehead was planted. Well, you know, there's a reason behind everything, you know, for that one. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he probably also agrees that our clothes settle from time to time like a house. Mm. So, but yeah. You just finished school, too. Uh, yeah, I was like, wait a minute, I'm in school right now. Um. Yes, I did. My my classroom is empty and cleaned out and ready for a first grade teacher to move in there next year. And I am tutoring some of my kids this summer. And I'm still in five college classes. Oh my gosh, it's five? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. The fifth one officially starts in like two weeks and I can't tell you what it is because I don't remember, but I know it was something I had to have. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think it's a history of some sort. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have like observations and case studies for all these classes and I'm like, sure. Oh my goodness. Exams and quizzes and stuff. I don't even know what's going on. I just. Goodness. Hmm. That's a full course. How many, how many credit hours is that? 15. <gasps> Missy. <laughs> yeah. One's at ODU and four are at TCC. 
Oh my gosh, Missy. <laughs> yeah. It's the summertime. I can do it. Oh my gosh. But one of them is the one that I've had for a few weeks already. Like my Wednesday one that I was having to do in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one from ODU. And I think in the fall, I'm only taking four unless for some reason it will benefit me to take a fifth one. And then I'm going to take a fifth one. Oh my gosh, Missy, you are going to kill yourself. (laughs) I've got to get it over with. I have like, if I do a fast track plan, like I'm on, I will have my bachelor's by the end of next summer. Oh my goodness. So I'm trying to do it as fast as possible so that I can get a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's cool. the plan. At yeah. least it will only be a year. Yeah. I mean, and that's with like a few summer classes next summer, but some of the classes are like teaching, like, um, what is it? Your student teaching or whatever. Mm-hmm. which I may be able to get waived in some way, shape or form. So I don't even know if those count as full semester classes or not. Cause I haven't met with anybody, but it's a whole, I don't know. I'll find out. And once they officially accept me into the teaching program. Gotcha. So yeah, it's a whole mess, but Good. it's fine. So then you'll graduate then officially from old dominion. Yes. That oh. will be where my bachelor's comes from. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. I'm so yeah. proud. Are we allowed to talk about your exciting trip news or no? Yeah. Yeah, we can. Talk about it. So uh, Kyle um, found out that we, I won't say specifically like how we got it. I don't know if I can. Right, talk. right, right. We acquired a trip to uh, Key West and it like absolutely worked out perfectly. We had taken um, a specific week off in August um, to do our family vacation that we usually do every year. And uh, one of Kyle's brothers is going to have to leave early, um, which I think that that also means that he's going to have to take our nieces with him. I would imagine so. (laughs) Right. So um, that happens midweek and this trip starts on that Thursday. And I think, that brother is going to leave on Wednesday. Ooh. Yeah. So it worked out perfectly. Um, How long is the trip going to be? Four days. Nice. Yeah. I'm really excited. Now, don't, isn't there some weird, like either sketchy, like road you have to drive on or like a really sketchy flight or did I make that up? Uh, it's a sketchy flight. Mm. <laughs> yeah. When we were looking at flights, um, like when I went down there the last time, it used to be like you would fly in on like the big like airliner and then you would land in Miami and then take a connecting flight on like one of the little puddle jumpers. Mm-hmm. And those make you feel like you're going to lose your life. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Planes give me anxiety. Heights give me anxiety. So. Oh my gosh. Speaking of that. So I saw this really cool TikTok yesterday. Um, and it was an, a female airline pilot. Um, and she was giving like this analogy of what happens during turbulence. She balled up like this little like wrapper and took out one of those like jello, um, snack cups. And she shoved the balled up wrapper down into the middle of the jello. And she was like, when you're flying in the air, it's like you're kind of sitting in the middle of this jello mold. The pressure 
from the air is above you, around you, and below you. So you can't technically just fall out of the air or out of the sky because of the pressure. Oh, right. Like she started tapping the top of the jello and that made everything jiggle, including like the, the wrapper. And she said, when you're experiencing turbulence, this is all that's happening. Everything around you is jiggling, which is making the the plane itself jiggle. Mm. But you're not going to physically like fall out of the air. Mm. It feels like you might though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Have you ever had like a flight that made you like recite the Lord's prayer? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my a little God. one coming back. I, I don't know if it was when I was coming back from Vermont or California. I feel like it was Vermont though. And I was by myself too. There was like stormy weather. And so we were potentially going to be stuck in, um, I think we were in DC. I don't remember either way. It was a very small plane. I was very, very pregnant with Jackson and there was a lot of turbulence and I, uh, yep. I was like, this is it. This is where it ends. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <gasps> I'm glad I didn't go into early labor. That's all I'm saying. I used to get air sick too. Yeah. Yeah. So that always made planes unfun. <laughs> I always have a problem with my ears getting like, I can't pop them well. So I always get anxiety about how my ears are just going to get stuffed up with all this pressure and I'm never going to be able to pop them. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know the whole flying thing. Like I don't, I like airports, but the actual being on the plane and being in the air, I'm like, no, let's just get there fast. Like when we flew to Aruba, we were over so much water a lot of the time. And I was just looking down at my desk the entire time. Oh my gosh. Right. Taking shots of Patron. <laughs> I was. <laughs> when I took that puddle jumper into the Keys, um, it, that was in 2002. It was right after Aaliyah died in that plane crash. Hmm. That's all I could think of. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. You were next. Oh my gosh. It's awful. No, thank you. Hey, y'all. It's Christina from the Ghosties Podcast. And I get this question all the time. How can I book a session with you? Head on over to christinathemedium.com. I offer meet your spirit guide sessions, spirit chat phone calls with yours truly, distance Reiki by proxy sessions, as well as Reiki certification classes. If you've been thinking for a while now about jumpstarting your spiritual awakening and healing journey, definitely check out christinathemedium.com. Or find me on my TikTok channel at Christina the Medium and click on my link tree to book a session. Looking forward to working with each of you. Love y'all. Hey guys, it's Missy. I am going to talk to you real quick about something that I'm absolutely in love with and that is wine. Shocker. Um, I love my wine, sometimes a little too much. My only complaints are all the sugar that they pump into this wine to make it so sweet or so tasty. And not only that, you feel less than zesty the next day if you have a couple too many glasses. However, I found the answer to all that. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite wine. It has no added sugars and it doesn't leave you feeling like trash the next day 
And before you try to stop me and say, oh, I'm not interested in a pyramid scheme, it's not about that. It is about delicious wine that you can order anytime on your own. All you have to do is go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich. That's M-I-S-S-Y-S-T-U-P-R-I-C-H. We have cute little cans that are perfect for poolside fun this summer. We have some really bold reds. We have some delicious dry whites. We've got bubbles. We've got everything that you could want without the next day regret. So don't forget, go to scoutandseller.com slash Missy Stuprich and check out your next big wine obsession. Hello. Hello. So we're talking about the Cecil Hotel tonight, y'all. Why in my mind, for some reason, until this evening, did I think we were talking about the hotel from The Shining? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Why can't I think of the name of it? Is it the Stanley? Yeah, Stanley, the Stanley, not Cecil. Yeah, Stanley. That'd probably be a really good one to do, too. Yeah, that's where my mind went. I don't know why. Hmm. Weird. You know, I will say, like, going into this episode, I had a very limited knowledge about the Cecil Hotel. I did not realize how close in proximity it was to Skid Row. Yeah, I don't think I did either. Yeah, and that's got some funky energy just because of, you know, all the homeless people that are living there. You know, just all the misfortune that's around it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I didn't know, but um, so Stephen King based his novel 1408 on the Cecil Hotel. Ew. Yeah. So if anybody's like seen that movie or read that book, that's a pretty crazy book. (laughs) Um, American Horror Story Season Hotel was based on the Cecil Hotel. And once again, don't ask me if I've seen any of those things. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know I have not. Yeah. (laughs) The answer is no. Um, so I will say like going into this episode, I thought that this was just another like haunted hotel that draws the paranormal towards it because of its liminality factor, um, as well as the fact that, like you said, that it's so close to Skid Row. Um, like you said, it's within four blocks of it. If you also like search the most deadly hotel in the United States, the Cecil Hotel pops up. (laughs) There's like a whole timeline of like unfortunate events that have happened there. Oh, yeah. 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 So the history of the Cecil, it says the Cecil Hotel is an affordable housing complex in downtown Los Angeles. It opened on December the 20th, 1924 as a budget hotel. In 2011, the hotel was renamed the Stay on Main. The 14 floor hotel has 700 guest rooms. The hotel has a checkered history with many suicides and deaths occurring here. Renovations started in 2017, but were halted by the COVID-19 pandemic, resulting in the hotel's temporary closure. On December the 13th, 2021, the Cecil Hotel was re-inaugurated as an affordable housing complex. No. (laughs) No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, It was built in 1924 by three hoteliers, William Banks Hanner, Charles L. Dix, and Robert. (laughs) I heard you chuckle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 12 years old. You are. (laughs) 
and Robert H. Shopes as a destination for business travelers and tourists. Um, it says basically um, as many as 10,000 homeless people live within a four mile radius of the hotel. Yeah, that's good. Row. Yeah. It says um, within five years of its opening, the United States sank into the Great Depression. Although the hotel flourished as a fashionable destination through the 40s, the decades beyond saw the hotel's decline. And they largely contributed most of that to Skid Row. Right. So the history of violence and murder slash suicide. Um, so I found that this is only like just a quarter of what's actually happened there. Um, so it says um, this is basically like a little roundabouts timeline of some of the suicides and deaths that have occurred. And trigger warning ahead, y'all. If y'all are bothered by circumstances of death, um, if that bothers you, you might want to scroll. Um, not only that, um, let's just go ahead and put out the disclaimer now that people need to really uh, protect their energy and ground themselves before they listen to this because you had some funkiness happen when you were looking into this. Yeah, guys, even like doing this research, I was getting like some really severe headaches. Um, like I only got rid of my headache earlier today. Um, an hour so ago. Which yeah. is also very interesting because I've had a mild one tonight, but I'm also not sure if it was induced by my extreme workout or if it's because of this episode. I don't know. Or is it the Rona? We'll never know. Ooh. <laughs> we'll never know. All right. So this is the timeline of deaths, according to the Cecil. Um, January the 22nd of 1927, a man named Percy Ormond Cook aged 52, shot himself in the head uh, after failing to reconcile with his wife and child. Uh, November the 19th of 1931, W.K. Norton, 46, committed suicide by ingesting poison capsules. Hmm. Uh, September of 1934, a man named Benjamin uh, Dodich, aged 25, shot himself in the head without leaving a note. July the 26th, of 1937, Sergeant Lewis Borden, 53, slit his own throat with a razor. Yuck. Y'all, like, I get that, you know, when somebody commits suicide, they're really, you know, probably in a very desperate place. But think of how much it would have to take for you to do that to yourself. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, March of 1938, Grace Magro, 25, fell from a ninth story window. Um, they were uncertain whether or not it was homicide or suicide. Mm. Uh, January of 1939, Roy Thompson, age 35, jumped from the building to his death. Uh, May of 1939, Erwin Nedblit, age 39, ingested poison capsules. January the 12th of 1940, Dorothy Seeger, aged 45, ingested poison capsules. Uh, September of 1944, Dorothy Jean Purcell, aged 19, gave birth to a baby boy while staying with her boyfriend, shoe salesman Ben Levine, aged 38. Oh. She went into labor not knowing that she was pregnant and gave birth in the bathroom. Not knowing. Got it. 
She thought the baby was dead and threw the baby out of the window. The baby oh. landed on another building's roof. Oh she, my God. Yes. She was charged with murder, but acquitted due to insanity. Uh, November of 1947, Robert Smith, age 35, jumped from the seventh story to his death. Uh, October 22nd, 1954, Helen Gurney, age 55, jumped from the seventh story and landed on the Cecil's marquee. Uh, February 11th, 1962, Julia Frances Moore, age 50, jumped from the eighth and landed in the second story light well. <clears throat> uh, October the 12th of 1962, Paula Otten and George Gianni, or Giannini, excuse me. Uh, Pauline was age 27. George was age 65. Pauline jumped from her ninth story window and landed on George, who was walking on the street below. Hmm. June the 4th of 1964, uh, a woman named, or had, who had been nicknamed Pigeon Goldie, Age 65, uh, she had been nicknamed that by some of the locals because she would feed the pigeons in the park. Uh, she was discovered by a hotel room worker um, after she had been essayed, uh, beaten, and stabbed to death. Oh. Uh, December 20th of 1975, Allison Lowell, age 23, um, but she is still... Uh, positively identified. She registered under the name Allison Lowell, but there is no one by that name. Uh, she jumped from her 12th story window. Uh, September the 1st of 1992, um, this person's name was unknown. It was a person approximately 20 to 30 years of age. It was a body of a male who was found in the alley behind the Cecil. He was suspected to have either jumped or fell from the 15th floor. Or excuse me, the 14th floor. Uh, February of 19th of 2013. Uh, everybody's probably heard of this case. Elisa Lamb uh, went missing from the hotel there. She was traveling from Canada for her first trip into the United States. She was found several days later um, in the rooftop water tank. And it was believed that she drowned um, because she was having a mental health crisis. Uh, let's see, 613. Um, so June the 13th of 2015, um, this person's name was unknown. It was a male, approximately 28 years of age, was found outside the hotel. It was believed that he committed suicide by jumping from the building. It says that these are just what has been reported in the media. Um, I found a subreddit um, from a previous manager of the Cecil. She said that she had worked there for over 10 years and she saw upwards of 80 deaths while she was there in her 10 years. Mm. It reported being taken on a walkthrough uh, tour by maintenance on her first day. And she said that he, as he would walk by each of the rooms, he would say, somebody died in there. Somebody died in there. She said, finally, he said it so often that she finally stopped him and asked him, are there any rooms that someone hasn't died in? To which he didn't answer her. Hmm. regarding Elisha or excuse me Elisa Lamb um, in 2013 uh, Elisa Lamb traveled from Canada um, into California 
it was her first trip again into the United States alone without uh, the accompaniment of her parents. It was said that she uh, reportedly would call her parents each day. And when she failed to call them after two days, they reported her missing video uh, of the hotel surveillance was retrieved um, after she went missing and an investigation took place that depicted Lamb repeatedly pressing the elevator buttons, walking in and out of the elevator, and possibly attempting to hide from someone. After 19 days, her naked body was discovered in the water supply cistern on the hotel roof, following complaints from the guests of odd-tasting water, low and water discoloration. Barf. Yeah. How she got into the water tank long remained mystery. The floor Lamb stayed on was one of the floors that did not have security footage, with le- which left uncertainty as to whether or not her death was a homicide, accident, or a suicide. Among her possessions left at the hotel were several prescription medications, seemingly untouched, as well as her wallet. Lamb had previously been diagnosed with an extreme form of bipolar disorder and was known for displaying similar psychotic behavior in the past when undermedicated. Police ruled that her erratic behavior on the elevator was caused by a paranoid hallucination. As she had climbed into the tank herself, believing that she was probably in danger. But y'all, I need y'all to know something. <laughs> like, I took a look at, like, they uh, showed basically, like, what she would have had to have done to get to the roof and get into that barrel. So there was two ways to get up onto that roof. There was either a staircase um, that was, you know, went from the inside of the hotel up onto the roof, but that was guarded with an alarm that would go off in the main lobby. So if somebody opened that, it would set off that alarm. They would send up somebody. And they said, usually the door was locked anyway. And if she had gone through those doors, there would have been surveillance footage up there. So they said the only other option was for her to go out the fire escape and walk up the fire escape 14 floors. And then once you get up, like, and the fire escape is just open out in the air. So once you get up to the top floor, You basically like have to walk up this narrow little ladder that has no like safety bubble around it or anything. Like if you fall, you're cooked, you're done. So if she was having a mental health crisis and having like paranoid hallucinations, how was she able to have the dexterity to get up those, you know, 14 floors of ladders And then that last one that, you know, takes her over the edge of the roof, then she still has to get into the water cistern and the, you know, the top to that water cistern is not light. Also, she was found naked. (laughs) So why would you, why would you climb into a water cistern naked? It just, none of it makes sense at all. No. Um, it's interesting cause I wanted to look at the front of the hotel to see what it looked like. Um, and when I scrolled down her pictures at the very bottom. Yeah. Yeah. They said yep. when they did her, uh, her autopsy, 
that there was no signs of any sort of like trauma to the body, like strangulation, any sort of wounds that would have been very indicative of homicide. But I think that they did say that her medication levels were lower than what they should have been in her system. And they thought that she was possibly under medicating herself. Now, that many days later, would the medication level be anywhere near it should be? That was my question. Exactly. Um, oh, I'm hearing stuff now. Um, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, when I scroll down to her picture, she said, Mr. Mr. Twice. Uh-huh. Um, and then I feel pressure in like my back, almost behind my rib cage on my right side. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she wants her story like out there, it seems like, so that someone uncovers what happened. And that's the farthest I'm going to go because it's creeping me out. But yeah, she's definitely trying to come through. But <laughs> yeah, something's not right about any of that. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought now. So I'm going to stop talking. It's funny that you say all that because um, the first day that I did research on this, um, like before I started my research, I talked to the guys about it um, and I got out my tarot cards and I was asking, ooh, my ear, um, I was asking specifically about her, trying to get some clarification about what happened. And I kept hearing murder, 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 murder. Um. So I started drawing some tarot cards. The very first tarot card that I pulled was the 10 of swords. Um, I kept seeing this bald man from behind and I kept seeing what looked like um, almost like, you know, those clothes that like a janitor wears or like maintenance wears. You know where my immediate thought went earlier. Uh Uh-uh. The person that showed that girl around. (sighs) oh my gosh that like I just felt like somebody pounded on my chest well you're welcome Ooh, and something about a pen like a like a a p-i-n like not a writing pen but putting a pen in something okay I don't know I don't want any more messages (laughs) I I just I'm just here for the stories (laughs) yeah like I but in regards to her y'all Um, I got the distinct feeling as he was saying that she was not, I don't think that she was anywhere near being in a state of psychosis. Um, and if you watch those videos of her on the elevator, it is creepy. And probably also because I don't think there's any sound, but just, if you look up the videos, I looked them up, like when we talked about it, I don't know, months ago, a year ago, I can't remember, but they're, they're a little unsettling. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, let's see what else here. So, yeah. So I don't think that her mental health had anything to do with her death. Um, Like as a woman too, um, especially like, I think she was 24 when she passed away. Think about when you were 20 or anybody that's, you know, and especially if you're female, think about or when you were that age, especially if you had traveled to a different by yourself scale the side of a 14 story building by yourself just to go up onto the roof and jump into the water cistern like no it's 
doesn't make sense. Like I wouldn't have touched that fire escape with a 10 foot pole. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I didn't like to climb down the one that was at the back of my apartment, <laughs> which was my back exit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I asked um, my guides what was going on with the Cecil Hotel. And the first thing I decided to do was astral travel to the Cecil Hotel. And (laughs) y'all, out of all the places that I've astral traveled to, I think the Cecil and Lake Lanier are the two heaviest I've ever been. Right. The Cecil, hands down, is the worst. No. I could see myself really clearly walking in the elevator doors. Um, like I got into the lobby. Everything looks very beautiful in the lobby. It's very misleading. Um, but the second you get into the elevators, it's like going into a different dimension <laughs> or like back in time. Um, I could see myself walking into the elevator doors and then I immediately felt really dizzy And I don't know if that's because of just this big collection of energy in there, or if it's because I'm picking up on a lot of the overdose energy that's in there. Um, I started getting a really severe headache um, and I got so nauseated that my mouth started watering. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Ooh, and I'm getting dizzy right now just talking about it. <laughs> I'm not feeling very well at the moment. I'm not going to lie. I had to move into the den and cover up with a blanket because I'm just getting very uneasy right now, unsettled. Um, ooh, let me take a sip of water and take a deep breath. Ooh. Yeah, it's getting heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I sprayed some sp- like this spray around me of like that protection water you gave me a long time ago. <laughs> I did. Yes. Oddly enough, just doing some of the research on the Cecil, um, like a few weeks ago, and then about a week ago, I also got a severe headache just doing research on it. Hmm. Um, so on an energetic level, my guide showed me that the Cecil's like a leaky, a leaky sponge of darkness. Um, it's like darkness and low vibratory energy is just like saturated in everything. I had this vision as I was walking down the halls and I could see what looked like blood and like, this sounds crazy, but it looked like brown liquid, like running down the walls and up the ceiling. Um, The further up in the levels of the hotel that I went, the crazier it got and the heavier everything felt. Um, Like around the seventh floor, I started hearing women screaming. Um, The further up I got, I started hearing lots of men arguing. I could hear what sounded like big thumps on the walls. Um, I was hearing glass shattering and yelling. Um, It sounded almost like I also heard somebody jumping from their window. Um, I was hearing lots of crying, like I'm hearing crying now. Um, And then oddly enough, Once I got around to the 10th or 11th floor, I was hearing a lot of agonal breathing um, or like that death rattle breathing Mm. for anybody that's ever like had a family member be in end of life care or hospice care um, or for anyone who has seen someone pass away. Very often people get what's called agonal breathing and it sounds almost like a fish trying to breathe out of water. It's just really 
guttural gurgling. Um, and it sounds almost like it's painful to them. Um, but I was hearing that. Um, and I got the feeling like it was possibly because there's been a lot of homicides and overdoses around those floors, um, specifically. Um, let's see. Uh, the further, um, up I went, um, my guide said that, yeah, my guide said that I was picking up on a lot of the overdose uh, deaths in that place. My guides also kept showing me that some of the Cecil's hotel um, staff members were just as dangerous as some of the tenants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this was probably the heaviest place that I've ever astral traveled to. So I asked the guys, like, what is going on with there with the with the Cecil? And first they showed me, um, in terms of the land, I was getting like a heavy, like stolen land vibe, um, in terms of like indigenous. Um, they also kept showing me that there's lots of different fault lines that run through California and Los Angeles as a whole. So they said this definitely contributes to the hotel's odd history, um, and as we've said many times before in previous episodes, anything that sits on a fault line kind of has one foot in this dimension and one foot out. Right. The veil is thinner in these places. They showed me um, also this vision of people that were just getting out of prison um, or just being released from mental institutions that didn't have specific homes to be brought to. Um, this is usually where they will be brought to via bus. Um, they'll usually be dropped off right at Skid Row. Um, so this has been kind of turned into, for lack of better words, like a dumping ground of people in dire situations down on their luck, you know, just out of prison, just out of mental health crises, um, or in particular stages of addiction. So as you can imagine, that's a lot of energy in one concentrated place. Yeah. And like we said earlier, that's about 10,000 homeless people, you know, in a roundabout four block radius from the hotel. I don't even understand how it's possible to have that many people in that small of a area, but it is. Yeah. From what I understand, they kind of turned that area into that, you know, quote unquote dumping ground to sequester that populated place so that they don't filter into some of the more, you know, quote unquote, upper class neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what's interesting is Skid Row in terms of the homeless population didn't start until the seventies. So that was what was odd. Um, and if you remember, like there's been a lot of death, like they nicknamed the place, the suicide back in the fifties. So they said first, like the hotel embodies liminality. So liminality is a state of transition between one stage and the next, especially between major stages in one's life or during a rite of passage. The parallel liminal spaces, for example, like kids going through puberty are in a state of liminality. Um, they aren't kids anymore, but they aren't adults yet either. Um, that tends to draw like poltergeist phenomena. Hotels are a great example, again, of liminal spaces. They're a place that you stay when you're on the way to somewhere else. Houses that are being remodeled are also another example of liminality. 
Um, they also said that the Great Depression played a significant role in the deterioration of the hotel in the Los Angeles area. Um, they said that this tended to draw more people and folks that have been in, you know, some sort of life crisis or mental health crisis. Um, you know, they said, think about it. The finances were extremely low. Food was very scarce. And that created, you know, the perfect breeding ground for a lot of desperation. They also kept making a reference to the hotel's builders um, and financiers, uh, those three gentlemen. I kept hearing them say um, the Cecil's original intent for being built was negative um, and they weren't being truthful about its original intent, but they would not expand on that further. So they said that nothing positive would come out of the Cecil based on that. Um, so I'm not sure what was going on. I tried to do research on these three men. I could find nothing, y'all. Nothing. The only thing that popped up on one of them was they popped up on a census record from 1870. Um, the first thing I heard when you were talking about that was brothel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's what I think. I think it was a front for something. Brothel, drugs, and then money moving. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, it was all under this, you know, guise of it being affordable hotels for traveling businessmen. I don't think that's mm, what traveling businessmen. There you go. Yep. Um, so let's see. They also said that there's a high concentration of landlocked elemental energy in this area around both Skid Row and the Cecil. They showed me that this um, specific like elemental energy is almost like um, they kept showing me lots of like earth-based energy, like low level elemental energy. Um, like think everything icky that belongs to the earth plane kind of concentrated all in one. They showed me that that was kind of landlocked on that specific area of land. They also showed me that there is a ton, and I mean a ton, of portals all around the area within and outside the hotel. I noticed four specific, like, significantly large portals outside of the entrance of the hotel, out of each door or window of the hotel. Um, all of these portals are like doorways to darkness. I kept seeing, like, it almost looked like this revolving door of low-level thought forms, dark entities coming in and out of that area. Um, they also said that LA is an extremely dark place. Um, they said that many people come to LA to follow their dreams and become famous. And as y'all all know, many people try and achieve fame and a very few percentage actually achieve it. Mm -hmm. So that leads to a lot of depression and desperation. Um, let's see. <laughs> If there were any low-level entities like drawing people into the hotel, um, and they said no, but they said that there are plenty low of low-level entities inside the hotel that will try and exacerbate anyone's already desperate circumstances. So in regards to Elisa Lamb's death, um, again, they showed me that she was murdered by a hotel staff member. Again, they kept showing me what looked like a bald maintenance man. That had a ring of keys on his hip. Um, he was in what looks like it was either a light blue or like a light green kind of like janitor's outfit or smock. Um, and I get the feeling that this gentleman no longer works there. 
I tried calling the Cecil Hotel um, because they did say that it reopened in 2021. I can find no working number for this place. Mm. However, I did find a number to a business that is on the same block as the Cecil. Um, They asked me not to share the name of the business or the name of the person that I spoke to. I asked them just very general questions. um, And it sounded very busy also in the background. So I kind of felt pressed for time with them and I didn't want to get them in trouble either. But I asked them basically if they'd ever seen anything odd paranormal wise from the Cecil. um, And they said just paranormal wise. So I asked also if they um, had ever seen or noticed how frequently the police are called there. And they said on average, at least five times a day, the police are called. Mm. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. So they said, bottom line, just don't stay there. (laughs) Um, I feel like the place needs to be torn down. Honestly, Um, it is saturated with darkness. Um, I don't know if any amount of cleansing that place will make it better. Um, I feel like even after it's torn down, Ooh, something just made me real dizzy. I feel like even if, if it's eventually torn down, um, if anything is built back over it again, I think it'll have the same problems. Lastly, I asked the guys to show me, um, like three tarot cards that best describe the hotel. They showed me the 10 of swords which is usually for those of you who aren't familiar with Tara, that's usually the dude that has words sticking out of his back. That usually signals like major disaster of some sort or a long drawn out painful situation. They showed me the devil, which signals restriction or manipulation, being seduced by the physical world and its pleasures or your shadow self. And the three of swords, which usually signals deep heartache disappointment and deep hurt. Hmm. So that's my story, (laughs) y'all. That's really good. There's a lot I didn't even realize about that place. And yeah, looking at the pictures, because I hadn't really looked at the building itself before, but like what you said about the inside being very deceiving, it does look really nice, you know, especially in the lobby, of course, that's what they always do. But when you look at the outside of the building and the signage, it's it's real uh, sketch. Yeah. yeah. They, that, um, when they had to rename it uh, Stay on Main, they basically created two separate hotels within the same building because it was deemed affordable housing. I guess the law states that they had to re- keep the, uh, the tenants that were already living there. They couldn't just evict them because they were redoing the hotel, which is what they were going to do. Right. They could gentrify the hotel, basically. Um, And the, you know, the existing tenants were like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is against the law. So they stopped it, basically. Um, So they had about 80 some tenants living from the sixth floor up um, that were permanent residents. But from, I think, the fifth floor down was like hostel hotel rooms, basically. So they had two separate lobbies that they created um, so that they tried to filter out the crowds, basically. But the hotel uh, elevators were mutual spaces as well as the bathrooms. Uh. So 
I mean, think about that, y'all. I mean, I'm not trying to be insensitive or anything, but most of the people that are staying in the Cecil are in, you know, some really difficult spots economically. Um, right. You know, mentally, uh, many of them are in different stages of addiction. Um, so think if you're just traveling from some random, you know, place that's out of the country that doesn't have any experience with the United States and you book a hotel room at the Cecil. <laughs> right. No good. <laughs> Do your research, folks. Yes. Well, y'all, this was my this was my episode today. That was a good one. Find us on Facebook. Instagram. TikTok. Uh, YouTube. And email us your stories, questions, comments, grievances. Please don't. Um, but email us at the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. I try to do my best to answer when I do get nice emails, especially the ones that have stories. Those usually take precedence over the other ones that I share on Ghost Share. So send them our way. Yes. Okay. Bye. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.